0: This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 1115 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. The second lesson is from the 11th chapter of Hebrews and is also the text for today's sermon. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he set out not knowing where he was going. By faith he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith he received power of procreation, even though he was too old and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth, for people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to
1: God. Grace and peace be yours through Jesus the Christ. Amen. God promised Abraham and Sarah that they would have a baby. Um, A lot of people, I I think, think God has promised that, but God actually promised that to them. And it wasn't just going to be a baby, it was going to be an heir. And from that heir that they would have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. The only problem was that with these great promises of God, um, that they are now in their 80s and God has not made good. Imagine how they must have felt. I pictured the two of them at a party, octogenarians, telling their hosts and their friends, We're calling it a night. We've got to get home. <laughs> We've got to keep trying. God promised we'd have a child. Neighbors are laughing behind their backs, You fools. Do you really believe that you're going to be parents at your age? And they must have wondered that themselves, right? And so our first reading begins, do not be afraid, Abram. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but I have. Maybe not to that degree, but prayed your heart out to the point that maybe you were afraid there wasn't anybody actually listening or what you heard wasn't what was said, a few weeks ago we heard Jesus say, Ask and you shall receive, seek and you'll find, knock and a door will be opened for you. And so, you know, let's just say that's exactly what you did. You headed home. You said your prayers maybe more boldly than ever before. How'd that turn out? What happened? We don't even like to use the language, did God answer your prayers? We usually say something like, Did you have any luck? Every person here has taken it to the Lord in prayer at some time or another. You've sent your prayers out there with tears and fears and desperation, if not for yourself, for a child or for a parent or for a friend. And I would bet that every one of us has experienced disappointment when God has not answered our prayers on our timelines Abraham and Sarah trusted that God would answer their prayers and yet there is no answer and it is getting hard to believe. God takes Abraham out into the desert night and he points to a billion stars. Count the stars, says God. So shall your descendants be. And somehow Abraham believes God. Dr. Eugene Rosenstock, who writes this about God's promises, He says, if we take the short view, we can make God a liar. But if we take the long view, we see the glorious, unfolding mystery of the universe. If your experience is anything like Abraham and Sarah's, the short view has brought you a few heartbreaks in this life. You haven't been any less faithful than anyone else, and maybe more faithful, and yet life just keeps happening, the hits keep coming. Life is littered with heartbreaks, devastating divorce, a brilliant child on drugs, promising a job down the drain, cancer at the prime of your life. We had a funeral here just yesterday, and maybe, maybe you're trying like Abraham and Sarah, but to no avail, and you pray hard, and sometimes you pray harder than other times, and you experience so much pain nonetheless the short view the short view may make you conclude that god is a liar or at best not listening for some strange reason, let's, let's call it faith, Sarah and Abraham take the long view and they trust themselves to the very promise of God. In plain English, they keep trying. They know how babies are made and they keep trying. People laugh at them, call them fools and worse, and yet somehow, some way, they just keep trusting the promise of God. There's a man sleeping one night God wakes in a prayer, and God, God tells him, I've got some work for you to do, uh, and he points to this large rock out in his yard, and he says to him that, that every day I want you to go out there, and I want you to push that massive rock with all of your strength, with all of your might, and so that's what the man does. He does it day after day after day, sun up, sun down, shoulder to the rock, and every night he climbs back in the bed sore and worn out and feeling like he wasted a day. And the devil seizes the moment and says, hey, you have, um, you've been pushing that rock for a long time. Hasn't budged, has it? You don't think you're ever going to move it, do you? And he begins to believe that it's impossible, that he's a failure, that God's a liar, discouraged, disheartened. Why, why kill myself over this rock? And so he dials it back. He doesn't exactly quit, but just just. Applies a little minimal effort. And that night, then, he goes to God in prayer and says, Lord, I have listened, I've labored, I've put all my strength into it, and yet after all of these years, I've not even budged that rock. And God says, when I asked you to serve me, I told you that your task was to push the rock. Never once did I mention to you that you were expected to move it. Your task is just to push it. And now you're coming back to me and you think you've wasted all your time. Look at yourself, muscled and toned and healthy. I called you to exercise your faith and your trust in me. I will move the rock. And with a finger, God just moves it. Oswald Chambers once said that God does not call any of us to be successful, only faithful. Faithful. Our calling as the people of God is to be the ones in the world who dare to take the long view, the ones who are willing to labor day in and day out, who dare to trust in the promise of God, to trust in a coming kingdom of God. Our lives and the whole world might be in shambles, the world might be a mess, but we keep trusting that God will come through for us. Sometimes people of long view, like Abraham and Sarah and everyone else who ever lived by faith, um, we sound like crazy people. We pray the craziest things sometimes, and and, and we do it from the heart, and we're not the least bit bashful about it. We pray that violence would stop all violence. We don't just pray that guns would be legislated, We, we pray that all guns would be beaten into plowshares and pruning hooks. And we pray that war and terrorism, name calling would all cease. And we pray that the poorest children in the world would have enough to eat and would be able to go to the doctor and be able to have their teeth cleaned and would get the same education as every other kid. And we pray that, that something as simple as research or riding your bicycle to raise money for research will somehow bring it into cancer. We pray that color and nationality and religion and gender and orientation, diversity of every single kind would not just be tolerated, but would be appreciated and celebrated, recognized as the gift that it is. We pray for justice and fairness and and mercy when there's so much evidence that it's not existing. We pray for the have-nots, and we pray for the have-too-muches. We pray for civility. We pray for this nation. We pray for our enemies. Talk about long views. Long views. We, we're praying that God would actually save the planet. Save the water. Save the air. Barbara Klingauer, in a book, and it's only one that's not a novel. She's written about a dozen great novels. But she wrote one that's not a novel. It's called Animal, Vegetable, or Miracle. A Year of Food Life. And she, in this book urges everyone to just start growing your own food. And she realizes that's a little unrealistic for most people. But she said, if you can't do that, then, then just start buying locally. Start, start buying at farmer's markets. She called it, she's the first one to call it that, eating glocally. Be conscious of the carbon footprint. Do it because God promised Noah that God would not let the world be destroyed again. And that there's enormous amounts of energy being wasted on shipping groceries around the world. Think of the environmental cost of shipping water from France, water from France, or pineapples from Hawaii, or coffee from who knows where. The short view says, you got to be nuts to try to change the world like that. you got to be nuts. A little bit of effort that I do, it's not going to make any difference. The long view, however, says that every little bit counts, and this is God's planet, and God has promised that God is going to take care of it. And so we do little things, and we do them, we do them by faith. Jesus tells his disciples what God told Abraham in the first reading don't be afraid, be ready. God promised, and someday the long view, it's going to be the short view. Be ready. While on vacation, a tourist was visiting in this amazing estate, beautiful garden, immaculately cared for and he he runs across the gardener, and he he takes the opportunity to tell the gardener how beautiful it is. He says, you you have done a beautiful job with this garden. How long have you been gardening here? And the gardener says, 25 years. Wow. He says, how how often has the owner actually been here in those 25 years? And he he says, four times. Wow. When was she last here? Twelve years ago. Well, she must send you a lot of directions by mail. No, nope, no, nope, never. Well, who comes to look after things? Who, who makes sure everything is kept up? So I'm pretty much left on my own. I, I do that. Wow, this garden is so lovely. You'd think that you were expecting the owner to return tomorrow. Today, the gardener says, today. Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness he and Sarah lived in the present that's where we all have to live we have to live right now but every night they went to bed trusting in God's long view that is how it works and that's what it means to live by faith whether it takes a day or a lifetime or a hundred years God is faithful to God's promises do not be afraid, says Jesus. It is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen.